God. Hallelujah. I wonder if you can lift up both your hands and begin to praise the Lord. Somebody open up your mouth and begin to say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you are our healer. You are our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer, Lord. You inhabit the praises of your people, Lord. We worship you far beyond anything else in this life, Lord. Give us strength today. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. May the Spirit of God move through this building right now. Fill our souls. Fill our spirits. Fill our bodies. Touch every person, Lord. May missing limbs begin to come out. May tumors leave bodies. May aching bones and muscles begin to be restored, not just in the building, but in the Dominican Republic and around the world. May hearts of men and women be restored back to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, minister today, I pray. Open up your hearts to this group of people and to all of us, Lord. May today be a wonderful day to remember that you are here among us. We give you glory, give you praise, Lord. May we be overflowing today in this whole county, Lord. This whole area would be filled with your spirit. Lives would be touched and we'd be getting ready for this great rapture. Change. Give us rapturing faith today, Lord. Rapturing grace, Lord. May we receive divine revelation into our hearts. I pray from the youngest to the oldest. Thank you, Lord Jesus, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. And the church said... Thank you, musicians. Thank you to everyone that's here today. And I see in you, amen. Uh, Brother Sam, nice to see you from Pennsylvania. Amen. God bless you. My mother's from Pennsylvania. Amen. So it's a good state. Amen. To be from. Amen. Amen. Is everyone doing well today? Amen. Amen. We want to remember Sister Tori Powell. She's in Alberta at a youth camp. And... Um, I think you can bring up my slides. We want to remember Sister Liel. She's also at a camp, yeah. Mount Baker Bible Way camp. Brother TJ yeah. was there also uh, this weekend. And uh, we want to remember the camp and the counselors. And we prayed for them all weekend. And uh, just remembering um, Brother Andrew Glover and the saints there. And uh, today, this morning, just to hear our, the voice of uh, Sister Star Caldwell and letting us know on Friday she had spoke to Sister Laverne Clemens, and um, Sister Laverne is 90, was 91 years old. Sister Starr just felt like it could be the last time. She just said goodbye to her, not knowing that last night Sister Laverne would have a fall. Fell off uh, trying to go and just lost her balance and fell and broke her hip and bones, and she was just too weak for surgery. But she was, I talked to her son this morning, her sons, Randy and Marty, and she passed away in her sleep with no pain, no suffering, uh, but she went on to be with the Lord. And we want to remember Sister Laverne Clement's family, and, and she had sons and a daughter, and, and uh, we dearly love Sister Laverne. Who knew her? Just raise your hand. Amen. She was a real saint. And a real believer and loved the Lord. And she's gone. She's, I spoke to my father this morning about it. And he said, well, I guess she's 20 years old now. <laughs> well, it, she made it there before us. And so she's not wanting to come back. She just wants her family to be there. And so years ago when she was wanting to go 
be with her family, I just encouraged her to go, and uh, she was able to spend the last few years. Amen. Now, in our scripture uh, today, this is in our scripture, but I wanted you to know that Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. And, and he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Amen. 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 Brother Michael Diaz, is it possible my screen's not working? But is it possible that it start working? Maybe. And um, in the next slide, you see that Paul spoke about it in Hebrews 9, that Aaron's rod budded. Aaron's rod budded. I want to speak this morning on this consecrated life shall blossom. Amen. And I want to speak about your life, your life, and how it will blossom in the presence of the Lord. So let's turn to Numbers chapter 17. I think it was Brother Elias and Sister Rachel's anniversary in the last week or so. And I drove by their home. That's fine, Brother. I drove by their um, road the other day. I was just leaving my parents, and I was just thanking the Lord for Brother Elias, and thank you, Brother Steve. Brother Steve does everything around here. Amen. He, he was talk, communicating with Brother Michael Kuklon in the middle of the night, and Brother Michael had a need in his body, and he has a sore that's kind of been not able to be healed. So he had to go into the hospital and have it looked at. And so he's resting this morning. You know, Brother Steve it was part of the medical field. So if you need some uh, wisdom, maybe, he just told Brother Michael to stay at home. I think you're, he's the only brother he said to stay at home today, probably. But sometimes you just need rest. And so let's remember him today in Numbers chapter 17. Let's look here. There's a time in the message that. The Lord was wanting to just show his life. Number 17. And the Lord, what, notice who's speaking. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take every one of them a rod, according to the house of their fathers, of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods, because there were twelve tribes. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. This is the Old Testament, and I want to bring this into today that your life and your rod has your personal name on it. I don't want this to be a scripture in the Old Testament about a rod and Aaron's rod. I want it to bring it down into your life and my life. And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi, for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. And thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. Amen. I wonder about the bride, how she's doing today. I wonder about the bride tree that lays in the presence of the sun. The man's rod, whom I shall choose, shall blossom. And I will make to cease from the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave 
him a rod apiece for each prince one according to their father's houses, even twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of the witness. Do you have this picture? And it came to pass that on the morrow, or in the morning, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded. And brought forth buds. And bloomed blossoms. And yielded almonds. All in one night. All in one season, all in one night, while everyone was sleeping, while you thought nothing was going on, God was showing. God was showing supernaturally. I wonder if this could happen in somebody's life today. I I wonder if from Brother Cole here all the way to the back, maybe, all the way into the nursery or someone streaming. I wonder if just a few moments in the presence of the Lord, God could do something today. How many believe that in the congregation? One of our little boys, one of our little girls, a visitor, someone that's senior, elder. But it's just being in the presence of the Lord. You begin to bud. You begin to bud out and blossom. You just begin to bring forth fruit, flowers. Friends, we just need to be in his presence, you know. And Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto the children of Israel, and they looked and took every man his rod. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me that they die not. And Moses did so as the Lord commanded him, so did he. God bless you. You can have your seats. I'm just asking the Lord for... Uh, to only say the things that he would want us to say today. We have some of our families uh, traveling, brother, the Smouts family, the the Smith family, and others. We have a full day today, tonight's service, and then the fellowship. So would you just grace me for a few minutes today to speak about a consecrated life? The only life that will truly blossom is the one that's consecrated to Christ. The only life that truly will blossom is one that is consecrated to Jesus Christ. I want you to look on the screen here as we have the almond tree here. This was an almond uh, branch, uh, almond uh, rod that, that Aaron's rod was put in and when it budded forth in that same evening it began to bud out, it began to blossom, something began to, to happen in that night in one night's time it budded, blossomed and yielded almonds in one night. I, I think we'd all agree that that was a miracle. That was a miracle. In other words, it's impossible to happen naturally. It's only going to be a miracle that we get out of here in the rapture. It's not going to be our natural might or our strength. It's going to be God's power 
working through lives. And I want to bring your attention down to verse 5 and number 17. Verse 5, if God would give each one of you grace today to clear away the fog of your family issues, your financial issues, your, your work, your relationships, all the trash of politics. Maybe you heard this week all the news. We've got to fight our way through it, friends. We, Sister Laverne, 24 hours ago, was living, breathing, living life as a saint. And by the evening and by this morning, she's in another dimension. That could happen to any child here and a young person or any old person. We're just focusing in now on a consecrated life. And it shall come to pass, this is the Lord speaking, that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. So God chose you. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel. How many have the message book with you this, for this uh, month of February here? If you have it in your Bible, I'll, I'm going to quote out of it now. If you have it there, it would be really nice. We have extra in the foyer. Everyone is welcome to uh, just uh, turn to page 4. As Brother Branham, well, let's just jump ahead to page 21. As I wanted to read where we got this message from, this consecrated life. This consecrated life. And then the second part is... A blooming life. As I was just down on my knees in the last weeks, just reading about Aaron's rod and how it blossomed. And I wrote down that title, A Blossoming Life. And then to be reading further and why are people so tossed about and to hear our prophet begin to speak in page 21. And he was talking about those outer courts, the outer court, the inner court, and then the holiest of holies, how it types justification, sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paragraph 62, he's talking about justification, justified people. Then he goes into the second court, which is the, where the burning altar and the brazen altar and the, and the beast and the blood was there. But then you had to go further. You had to go enter into the presence of God. And, and you've got to leave the second court. You, you can't just stay uh, justified, brought out of the world. You can't just, a believer's not just going to stay sanctified and always repenting and saying, I'm sorry. Friends, we've got to come into bride material, into that inner veil. How many's been able to read this book a little bit this month? And by the grace of God, I, I finished it last night. I was just so moved to be able to hear the things Brother Branham talked about in this message. If you'd like to go back to 1955, he talks messages of a hidden life. And uh, he talks in just a few weeks before this where I think Pentecost failed. And then three weeks later, after this message, on January the 1st, he preached again uh, the inner veil. It's actually four different titles. The interveil, the inner veil. A hidden life or the hidden life. It's the same message. And he, he's talking about the, the same thing. And that is that we can't stay in the outer court. We've got to enter in behind the veil. We've got to come into the presence of God. We've we got to leave just having church. We, the church is just the, the place where everyone comes together and you hear the word, like you gather in your, in your kitchen or gather in your li and, and you talk about things and you feed on the word. That's all wonderful. Church life is good, but you can't just stay there. 
And then you go a little further into the living room or parlor and start talking to someone about their family or their job or get a little bit more intimate, maybe hold their hand or share a burden, share a text maybe, share an email. What are you really going through? That's a little bit more of an intimate place. But you've got to go further than that. You, you can't just be having coffee with a few believers. You can't just be part of a prayer chain. It's got to be bigger than a, a prayer chat or bigger than just a community or a gathering. It's got to go deeper where you as a person go into that presence of God yourself, where you die out to yourself. And that's why there's people so tossed about today. They're not living in that third room. They're living in the first room, the church life, and they're living in their school life or their family. It just seems like whether if it's sunny, they're all unhappy and they're all good. If their children are doing well, if their grandchildren, but if, if the finances are good, if, if things are in their health and their car's running good and, you know, the, the, the toast didn't burn and all the planets are aligning, then they're praise the name of the Lord. But God's looking for believers that, that go into his presence, that... That don't just live in the second realm off just the burning altar or the brazen altar or just how the songs are, how the preacher, if he's anointed or not anointed or whether somebody shook my hand. or It's, got, it's far beyond that, friends. If all the world forsakes Christ, the genuine believer lives deeper than that. Lord, put us into your presence today. This consecrated life. And he begins in, in paragraph 63 to talk about this consecrated life. That's what really stopped Brother John. Entering into the presence of God. And while they were in there, there's where all these glorious things. This is the beautiful type that in there, let's all say in there. Anything dead come in, lived again. Did you ever think of that? They took Aaron's rod and laid Aaron's rod in the presence of this holy place. And when they did, in one night's time, it budded. It blossomed and yielded almonds in one night's time. Think of it in the presence of God. This old dead rod laying there in the presence of God budded, blossomed, and yielded almonds in one night. I think it's good that we just hear that again. You drank coffee this morning, you drank it yesterday, you drank it Friday. Hear the word of God again. Did you enjoy the psalm reading today of Brother Tim Warschlager? Would you like to do that some more often? Just have a brother lead and just lead. I think it's good. The Bible says you're blessed to hear the word of God. You're blessed to read the word of God. You're blessed to do the word of God. Some of us need to exercise a little bit more the word of God. Flex those eagles' wings. It's by faith. We need more faith. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing of the word of God. Amen. Not watching YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. All those things and your family chats or whatever. Whatever you do in your private life. Lord, let us come into the presence of God. I, I want to blossom. You ever wonder why people aren't blossoming? Why they're not budding? Why they're not bringing forth fruit? They're not in the inner veil. They can talk about it. They can hear about it. They can hear wonderful songs about it. Brother Branham could be their pastor. 
I wonder, uh, all of the hundreds of thousands in India, all the thousands in Africa, all the many around the world that went through prayer lines and had their needs discerned, where are they in the message tonight, today? What did all the healings, what did all the miracles, where were people actually living? Where are they living today? Where are we living today? I mean, we can't just talk about others. It's, Lord, bring me into your presence. Just bring my son into your presence. Bring my wife into your presence. Bring my husband, Lord, just a moment in your presence. In one night, Lord, I believe there's power there to cause me to bud and blossom and bring forth your fruit, Lord. Amen. Where he taken at the stick, I'm moving to page 22, was off an almond tree. And you are a stick. How many has ever felt like a stick before? Here, let's move it ahead. Sometimes we feel like a stick. Sometimes we feel like a dry stick. You are a stick sometimes. And you, you was taken off the branch of humanity. Which was God's creative son in the beginning. You. Let's all say you. You may be fallen and dead. I'm at the top of page 22. You may be fallen, dead, alienated from God, but by that in creation, you were created to be a son of God. Are you just going to close the book and say, oh, that's nice? Or are you going to say, I am a son of God? And if you're a daughter, you ought to stop and say, I am a daughter of God. Don't let the words we're hearing go above your head, friends. I'm, I'm really encouraging you. Let's get past the music. Let's get past the preacher. Let's get past the, the church. Let's get past the, the outer court. Let, how we're dressed and what kind of car we have. Let's get past all of that. I, I encourage you today. Get past who's your boyfriend, who's your girlfriend. How much money's in your bank account? How little's... Friend, we got to get past all of that. And our health and, and all the dynamics that people are living in because, friends, we're off the branch of humanity. We all were fallen. We all were dead. We all were alienated by God, from God. But we were created to be a son of God. You, you may bounce around and be respected and honored out here in the courts. But if you ever get into that glorious place and hit away with God, you will yield what you're supposed to do. I believe you, Lord. I just, I, I believe in more than magic. I believe in the supernatural presence of God. Flow through us, Holy Spirit. Flow through us today that our, our sons and our daughters and our family could be brought into a living message. Oh, Rahab, bring your family in today. Bring them in sitting right there today by faith. Bring them into the presence of God. I bring them into the presence of God. I just circled all in that one paragraph. You, your, you are a stick. You was taken from the branch. You may be fallen. You may be dead. You may be alienated from God. But you were created to be a son of God. You may bounce around. How many ever felt like that? Like you're just bouncing around and confused. You may bounce around in all of these outer courts, but God is bringing you to a place you will yield what you're supposed to do. I realize today I'm speaking to people. Some might be backslid. Some might be far away from God. You might even have loved ones or work with people that are away from God, a dead sinner. 
alienated from God, without hope, without Christ. But once in the presence of God, you can't stay that way. There's fruit in there. There's flowers in there. There's almonds in your life. There's fruits of the Spirit. Does anybody know the fruits of the Spirit off by heart? Just begin to say them right now. Sister Pat. Come on, everyone. You've been in Sunday school. Brother Coley, you say it. Miles, love. Let's say it. Love. Hallelujah. Long-suffering. Dead rods begin to bud where you cursed, where you swore, where you talked about people. When you were nasty, when you were so out of your place. Did you all read that in this message, how uh, Brother Branham was talking about this lady that was really nasty with him? My, she was nasty. I'm, it's page 32. There was a lady came up to Brother Branham talking to him, bawling me out. She was going to almost give me a whipping. I was sitting with another man. Good thing he was. And she started across this place. And I'll call the sheriff. And Brother Branham's just talking to her sweetly. Well, dear sister, and we're Christians. And she said, Christians, there's no such a thing. Real nasty. And she was bawling us out terribly. Oh, lady, but there is. I, don't you believe in Jesus Christ? She said, oh, I may believe in him, but not in people. Have you ever heard that before? Maybe you felt like that before. Well, I believe in Jesus, but I've lost trust in people. My wife and I heard that from a pastor's wife. They were just separating. We had been and preached at their church, and, and they was a good service. She was on the organ, and he was the pastor. And the very next time we visited them, just within a matter of days and things, he, she was just talking nasty and the children nasty. And that's the very phrase she said, I've lost trust in people. I've never lost trust in God, she said. Well, she's not serving the Lord today in the light of the message. I just say, God help us. Maybe that's come out of your mind. Oh, I may believe in him, but not in people. He said, you can't believe in him without believing his people. You can't do that. And she was going through everything but giving me a cursing. And I walked out to the car and things said, Sister, we, we only want to pass over this little place. And, oh, that's the way. And she's just going on and on. I don't care what you're and you're just talking like that. And you don't, you have a perfect right. And goes on to talk real nasty. And Brother Brown was, he had got permission from, from her husband. And I'm not here to authenticate it, but it could be the man that Brother Branham brought to the Lord. And, and you might remember that and, and talked about there, that old man. And then here he came back later and his wife was really, really nasty to Brother Branham. Till, we found, till she found out who he was. Oh, Brother Branham, you know. We can get so religious and so spiritual. We get out of the presence of God. People get nasty, cursing, swearing. A prophet of God. And Brother Branham said, oh, she was raging and puffing. <laughs> puffing and blowing and shaking her fist in my face and everything. I don't want to know what everything means, but huffing and puffing and raging and shaking her fist and I'm standing there, Brother Brown said, with an old pair of overalls on and said, I'm very sorry that I disturbed you. I wouldn't have done it for nothing in the world, sister, sister. He just is talking sister. Some of us need to talk like that. 
Some of you had a rough weekend or a rough week. I'm telling you, we're in the presence of God. We need to come into the presence of the Lord, maybe dead rods, and say, Lord, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm dead, I'm dry, but I need to come out of here with fruits and flowers, Lord. It's got to be more than my troubles and what I'm, my heartache and my pain. Are we just giving the Lord our heartache today? Are we just giving Him our pain, or can we just really worship from our heart and say, Lord, I love you in spite of whatever I'm going through? This woman was raging, puffing, angry, upset. And she was just nasty. And then, oh, and, and fi- by the time it's the end of the whole story, oh, my, what's your name? My name is Branham. Are you Brother Branham? I said, yes. She said, forgive me. And her lips started quivering. She started crying. She said, I'm backslidden Methodist. said, I'm ashamed. I acted the way I did. I said, God bless you, sister. Go back to church, won't you? Serve the Lord Jesus. Wow, if, uh, if you had jumped out there and started fussing at her and telling her you did have a right and so forth, see what you'd have done. Just a few words of love going on down to the heart, brother, that gets people inside the veil. Lord, help us to have the love of God in our hearts. To have the love of God in our hearts. To bring people into your presence, Lord. Remember, Jesus had that kind of love for the rich young ruler, and he still didn't receive the Lord. So I'm not saying that every case they're going to respond. I need to bring your attention back to the church ages again and let you know from Ephesus and Smyrna and all the way up through Laodicea, the church ages, and then the messengers from Paul and Irenaeus, all the way up through William Branham, and then the, the, the virtues that are within every believer, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, and brotherly kindness. That is the age that we're living in. Brotherly kindness. When you see people even in the message that do not have brotherly kindness, they're still under the anointing of just the message. That the man age, they can be all under the spirit of the message and still not have brotherly kindness. They need a real baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because you've got to move higher than that. To where perfect love. Can you see the capstone? The headstone crying, grace, grace. You won't be bawling and screaming and fussing if you've got perfect love. That's not a Holy Ghost-filled believer. It doesn't matter if you've been in the message for years. If you just get all hung up with church things and politics and issues, and you're still in the outer court. That's where a lot of fussing and squabbling goes along and, and, and family dynamics. You're still in the outer court. Friends, we've got to go into the presence of God and where perfect love is operating. We might be in a Laodicean church age. But spiritually, you've got to come deeper than that. And we've been trying to minister to this to the church ever since we started here over two years ago. And I believe some of you are going to make it in the rapture. You might be dead and falling over and say, Brother John, I'm like a dead stick. You just give God a few moments of your time, please. Just begin to surrender to that water. Just surrender to the, the presence of God, into that hidden life. Brother Branham spoke it more than once. Here it is in Minneapolis. You know, the best thing is to live a sermon instead of preach one. You know that. You're written epistles, and you can't do it in yourself. Some of you need to admit that. I can't do it in myself. You can impersonate it for a little while, but your sins will find you out. 
Then he uses the word consecrate. You better just consecrate yourself to God. What is that, Brother John? Help me out here. I'm crying out. I'm thirsty. It's surrender. It's yield. Friends, we're at the top of the tree. We're where the, the real fruit are coming down. This is where we're living. I, I'm speaking to bride material. When I listen and I finish, Brother, Brother Mark, we're having Bible study again tomorrow night, but Brother Mark, when I finished, why people are so tossed about, and he started to talk about the faith and the love, then I went into perfect faith. I, I listened to it four times throughout the night, and I started it on the fifth time as I was getting ready for the service. It's only an hour, 45 minutes. So I just had time after time, and he's just speaking to the Branham Tabernacle about perfect faith. And I said, God, bring our church into perfect faith. You better just consecrate yourself to God and get on the inside. Shut the doors behind you and burn every barrier there is behind you and every bridge and launch out. Amen. I know it's the truth. I know it'll work. If it hadn't been for that, I don't know what would become of me. That's right. But it ain't the people you, that you look at then. It's Christ. If rods can talk and there's 12 dry rods all in darkness here, and the, are they going to talk to one another and say, you're nothing but a dirty, dry stick? Well, that's all you are too. And then they started poking, hitting one another and... Just an old, dread, dead, dry stick. But by the morning time, there was one of those rods started to bud out. They were in the right place. They were consecrated. It was, it was the place that I will choose. I want to choose. There was only one of those rods that began to blossom out and almonds begin to come out. Lord, let that be my life. I don't know about you today, but I'm sick of this old world. Aren't you just sick of waking up every day to more killing, more fighting, more murder, more rape? More buildings collapsing, more planes dropping bombs? As they dig deeper and dig deeper, you just find out there's more sin, more fornication, more adultery. There's got to be something in us that cries out to the living God. Come make yourself known to our little families, Lord, to our children, how we need you in these hours, Lord. Consecrate me now to your service, Lord. Church isn't the place to sleep. Wake yourself up today. Don't be a sleeping virgin. Be a virgin that's on fire. That, Lord, I need oil in my lamp. If I'm slipping, if I'm a dry stick, Lord, there ought to be some of us that have a little bit more desperation in the house of God than we do at a ball game or at a first, somebody's first birthday party or some event that we really enjoy. You can see how people, how much they enjoy the Lord when they get into his presence. Help me, Lord Jesus. Why are people so tossed about through the week? Why are they up and why are they down? Why is our up so great and our low so low? Why? It's because we're not in the presence of the Lord. I'm not unchristianizing nobody. I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Ghost. But a Holy Ghost life, they yearn for this place. And only a life that will truly blossom is one that's consecrated to Christ. 
I want to blossom. I want to bloom. You might be in a big desert time, but you can blossom. You say, there is bombs going off. There's all kinds of tanks, Brother John. There's missiles. There's words. There's texts. There's emails. There's people saying things, men and women. Why don't you be like that little Easter lily? That when they were walking through the day after the great big battle and they moved over that little rock, there was a little flower. There was a little blossom. There was a little something that in the midst of all the gas and all the poison and all the crying and all the shooting, somebody, somebody blossomed. I'm going to be that person, friends. I'm going to be that person in Bellingham, Washington. That no matter what happens around us, we're budding, we're blossoming, we're coming forth because God chose your life. You're going to blossom. That means you're going to bud. That means you're going to sprout. That means you are going to shoot forth. You are going to bloom. Just in a few weeks, brother, brother Mark's going to maybe start driving some more flowers, and you'll see tulips at the, at the grocery store. That's because it's another season. It's another time. Don't get stuck in summer. Don't get stuck in fall. There'll be another spring. There'll be a time that you send out shoots, not shoot out thorns, not shoot out criticism. I've met people in the message that were just like this woman, Brother Branham talked about, raging, puffing, blowing, shaking her fist in my face, almost giving me a whipping, real nasty, bawling us out. I've met people in the message like that. And they're not new Christians. They've been down the road. I'll say, that's not the kind of blooming I want. That's not the blossoming. That's not the spirit of Christ. I'll tell you right now, that's not the spirit of Christ. Help us, Lord Jesus, because blossom means to send out shoots, to cause me to bud. Can you just say that quietly? Cause me, cause me, Lord, to sprout and to show buds, to show sprouts. When I looked at word up blossom, it means to break out of leprosy. I'm going to break out of this attitude of mine that nobody wants to be around me. Okay, I'll smile at some of you. You need to break out of that. I need to break out of that. Somebody that's been in the presence of God, you want to be around them. You want to be like those bears that were licking honey and licking molasses. Some of us, friends, we... We have so little of the presence of God, it's no wonder. They come to lick on you and they get thorns and thistles. And somebody done me wrong song and all the nonsense. That's a worldly country song. That's not a believer song. Hello, friends. People in the world might sing Christian songs that don't make them a Christian. Elvis Presley sang only believe. It doesn't make him a believer. You know, if I showed you on the screen right now from the internet a, a country music singer singing on the wings of a no, snow white dove, it would ruin that song for most of you. So I'll never do that. I won't do that in the church. 
But back when Brother Branham sang On the Wings of a Snow White Dove, it was a popular country song. And I could just name off some names that sang that song. Popular, country, it was a popular song. And yet some people in the message hold it so sacred and so wonderful and only believe that's a song that the angel loved. He did. But you can Google Elvis Presley. He sang Only Believe too. But I will never play that song for you. With Elvis, it would ruin that song. Every time you would hear Only Believe, you would hear Elvis's voice. It's not the person singing the song. It's the inspiration. It's the song from that other dimension that moves the believer. And friends, we've got to get beyond that and applying all of our feelings and all of our thoughts and even today what we're going through. We need the Holy Spirit. Oh, you say if Elvis Presley sang that song, I X that song up and uh, on the wings of a snow white dove. Really, Brother John? I'm so offended that you would say that. I'm sorry. It's just real. Well, Dolly Parton sang that. I'm going to mark that out of our, 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 our songbook. Please, Sister Amanda, take that out. No, no, no. The prophet loved that song. I love that song. And we could go on and on and on. I, I'm just speaking about it, friends. Once you're in the presence of the Lord, those things don't matter to you anymore. You begin to break out of your leprosy. And, and I believe brothers can break out of things that they've been through, strains of, of, of alcoholism and drug and prescription drug that your daddy or your mother or grandma took or an uncle had some and you took it or maybe it's pornography and you looked at it laying by the road and you've been hooked on that. Right. Young men in the message said, I've never been the same since I looked at this magazine was just laying by the by the sidewalk, Brother John, and it affected them forever, and they're divorced, and they're separated today. Why? Because the roots of that perversion, it choked them. Well, if that's that much power in the negative, what about the positive? Can't we have some Holy Ghost-filled believers? Just walk by a message book, humble thyself. Just walk by a message called the Masterpiece. Just hear from a message, why are people so tossed about? I've been changed in the last few days because of this book right here. I heard Brother Branham talk about that it's not all emotion and running around the room. I heard Brother Branham say in this book that it's not just speaking in tongues. It's not just speaking in tongues and running around the room. People can run around the room speaking tongues and, and, and have a temper to fight a buzzsaw. Do you know what that means? That's a buzzsaw. And somebody be so angry and upset, they're going to fight a buzzsaw. And yet they're in the message and they speak in tongues. And I, I jumped up and down. We've got to get the church past that. Brother Steve, we've got to have a word that convicts our hearts. More than just our, our end time message tabernacle. And coming to our church and streaming our website. God forbid there might be a day that Brother John passes away. This church won't die. Don't get all quiet on me. There's other ministers that will take on this church. Take on this message. Because it's not built around Brother John or my family. I expect to be here. And by the way, we're, the Lord willing might sign another lease this next week for this building to extend our time with a provision that we can get an out if we find another place. Because I still want you to have a fellowship hall. 
Tonight we're going to be packed out and crammed in these flex rooms and, and, and I, I think you deserve better than that. Well, I got some, mm, eh, well, whatever. Well, Brother John wants that for you. We can have a little fellowship. Have a little meeting. God did it before under our ministry in Tennessee. He can do it again. It's not our ministry anyway, but there has to be somebody that has a vision. And I was driving through Whatcom County this week looking at other churches and things, and I thought, Lord, if it would be in your heart to give this little group in the message a, a, a place that would have a fellowship hall, have a building, we'd be most happy. Lord, if you'd do that for us. Do you have anything in your heart, Lord, for us? Do you think more of us, Lord, we could have a little place? We appreciate the, the community center. We appreciate this building here in Bennett. And if we're here two years from now, we'll sign that contract, Brother Jake and I, this week. At least we have a sanctuary. But we've got to let the church know that we're not a fly-by-night. And we're just going to be here a month and then shut it down. No, there's some long-term roots here of God wanting to bring forth buds and blossoms. There's going to be some young men and some young ladies that are going to be preachers of the message. One of our young ladies might be married to a brother that's a preacher. There might be somebody in the media that takes this message and goes global with it. They already are. These brothers that are back there and sisters, it's because they are blossoming. They are blooming. They're not becoming stagnated in a pew. Looking at one another's hinder parts. You look at someone from behind, you're going to describe their back, their head, their neck, their, their clothes. Their, you know, you can see things. Oh, I can see things in their hinder part. This, their wife, their husband, their children. Their, you're always going to find something in the hinder part. Yeah, that's right. But it's in the face of God where our fellowship. It ought to be we look at one another in the face. Yeah. Is this helping somebody today? Yeah. Why are people so tossed about? It's because they're not blossoming. It means to break out of leprosy. And the last part of blossoming, before we go to the um, audio clip, I wanted you to hear the six minutes that transformed a sister's life. Would you like to hear that? It, the last part of blossom means to fly. Spread your wings and fly above this sorrow. Fly above this issue. I'm, I'm, I don't need to hear it no more. I'm not going to talk about it no more. I'm flying to another realm. I'm closing the door to that part of my life, and I'm walking into a greater part of my life. Now, we're going to go to the few minutes before this message right here in your packet of the masterpiece. Before Brother Branham walked out onto the platform, he spoke to Sister Georgia Bruce for six minutes, transformed her life. Let's hear that. God bless you.
Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Here's a loud song leader in the background. Yes. Yeah. 
Let's give praise to God together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What if that was you? Is that good? Why well, we need more of that. I'm going to conclude the service today with going through some things that has been on my heart for some weeks now. And it comes from the message, The Future Home. Brother Branham this morning I'm using some PowerPoints, but Brother Branham had a blackboard there in the Branham Tabernacle for this service. And he would draw things on there, and he drew a human heart. He says, I'm a long way from being an artist, but here is a human heart, and here is a human heart. I believe this is for somebody today. And he went on to talk about this now. This, this one over here, this one over here has a snake in it. That's sin. And here he has his life. Remember, this is Brother Branham speaking. And this one over here has a dove in it, which is the Holy Spirit. Here he has a life. Brother Branham's drawing this for illustration. In the Branham Tabernacle, Brother John is putting it on the screen for us today. Two hearts. One has a snake in it, and one has the Holy Spirit in it, like a dove. He goes on to say, well, this one here, he has malice, hatred, envy, and that's what's causing it is this fellow. He's talking about the snake. Well, this one over here has love and joy and long-suffering, and that's what does it down here. Amen. Oh, so it's not you trying to live better. It's him inside of you. Hallelujah. So it's not us trying to climb up a ladder and be good. It's inviting him into my heart. Amen. And he has love. He is joyful. He has long suffering. That's what does it is the dove. Remember, this is our prophet talking like this. Now, this one over here has a snake in it. Now, I'm just bringing this back to your heart. Here's this one with a snake. That's sin. This one here, he has malice and hatred and envy. And that's what's causing it is this fellow here. See, sometimes we can get so upset at yourself or at someone else that's manifesting all these bad things but really, that's not it. There's something inside 
that's causing that. And we can make the outside look so good. But if the inside isn't changed, it's just like a pig. You can get it all nice, bathtub, put a nice bow on, say, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. But it's a pig nature. It's a snake nature. Are you listening? So we continue to go forward. Now, when you are asked or you are forgiven of your sins, you've only done this, taken that away. But the thing that made you do it is still there. So you say, Lord, forgive me of my malice. Forgive me of my hatred. Forgive me of my envy. Forgive that. And you can blot it out. You can erase it out. But that's all you've done. You haven't taken away the snake. The thing that made you do it is still there. You go to your room. You say sorry to your brother. You shouldn't be talking about people like in the church or in the message. You shouldn't be saying things like that across the pulpit. And you can talk all of that and say clean it all up. But really, there's something wrong on the inside. I'm talking to old people too. And young people. And this is good for our children. You can, you, can, you can give them spankings to every. You can give them all kinds of uh, punishment. And I'm not against that. But when it really comes down to the heart of the matter, it's a heart issue. Something's in the heart. You can rehabilitate them. You can put them in prison. You can do all kinds of things. But until the heart's dealt with, that's the root of it all. So when, you're, when you repent, and when you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, he forgives you of your sins. That's good. And we should rejoice. Yeah. Yeah. He continues to talk about this. This one over here has a dove in it. Which is the Holy Spirit. Here he has a life. How many know that the dove has a life? About half of you do. How many know that the dove is alive? It's a, it just happens automatically. It just, it's oil just exudes out of it. It just, it knows what to do and how and when. It's not training. It's not, friends. You that read this book know that at the end of the service, he talked about the anointing. And the anointing is not running around the room and jumping up and down. He, he gave us the example of the anointing was when they handed him the book. Right. Jesus Christ, the most anointed person in the scripture that he read where it was found and he sat down. Right. That's the anointing. You say, where is that? Well, it's just right there. I just read it before I walked to the platform here. He's talking about on page 43 about the impression of the anointing. Then it goes to page 44. I know we're being streamed and people stream our services and they, they, they maybe criticize and maybe wonder where we stand on this. Well, I stand with the prophet, Amen. the anointing and what it means for a believer today. And he's talking about the anointing, the full blessing and anointing of the Lord that it was upon him. He said we would want to run all over the building. Yeah. Now he's talking about what we would want to do. Let's all say we. Yeah, that's what we think would be a someone filled with the Holy Spirit. He says the full blessing and anointing of the Lord would be we would run all over the building and scream and holler. Do you know why? We've been taught wrong. 
And it's happening right in the ranks of the message. The ministry are guilty of trying to get the people to jump and yell and scream. And they got it. They got it. And many of them don't get it. it we've got to go deeper than that, friend. Where the life of the word comes into the people. Oh, you got it then. Just speak in tongues. Just prophesy. Oh, wow, it's so wonderful. No, it's seeing the life of God in the congregation. That ought to be where we say, wow, good job. That's the kind of meeting we want to be in. And Jesus he received the Bible. He laid down the scroll. And precious words proceeded from his mouth. That's what he done under the anointing. I'm quoting. The anointing is not emotion. The anointing is supreme power in control. Knowing exactly what and how. And that's what's here. He's talking about, Brother Brown was saying, that's what's here. It's the third pool. He just talked about it the first few pages of this whole message. Why are people being so tossed about? They're not in that inner veil. They're not in there themselves. So it's not emotion. It's knowing what to do and how to do it in a situation. It's a housewife. It's a mother. It's a father. It's a brother carrying your lunch pail to work saying, Lord, what should I do? And the Lord just give you his divine mind. That's what we need right now. That's what we need in situations. That's what some of you are desperate for. It's to find the mind of the Lord, to know what I need to do and how to approach this. That's the third pool. It's not the preacher. It's not trying to get with Brother John or have a three-hour counseling session with Brother Branham. Is this okay today? This is where Pentecost failed. This is where people in the message are failing. If Brother Branham was alive, they'd be still going to Jeffersonville. They'd still be lining up to see Brother Branham. When can I have my appointment? When can I have my counseling? I really need to know. I really, my son, our family, you know, I'm a minister. Do, am I really, and friends, we need to get individuals to where they are crying out to God. They are on their knees alone. They are in the presence of God, not moving to Jeffersonville, not saying, oh, I need the voice of God for myself. Well, you get desperate for it. You find out who you're supposed to marry. You find out if, if that's God's will for your life. Don't make the minister feel like he's got to get all, find God. You should be the desperate one. This is the message, by the way. Amen. This is exactly how it ought to be spoken, too where you can understand, where you can say, yes, Lord, I see what you're talking about. I need to know. I need that in my life. This is what the Holy Spirit working over here is love and joy and long-suffering, and that's what does it. Down here, I'm moving along here. Brother Branham's continuing to show us. I'd like to draw that for you just in a moment. We want to get this real clear, so now watch close on this teaching. So Brother Branham is doing something on the blackboard. He's talking about the Pharisees and the leaders of that day. We're going to make him like this. This is the priest, the Pharisee. Can you see that? Now this is called the woman at the well. So now he's going to show us what one of us would say, well, she was so horrible and so bad, and this other one's so good and so holy, and when you really look at the heart of the matter, this is what it was. Look at this priest here. 
We find in the bottom part here his back life back behind him. His predestination back here is sinful. Here is hell. Here is hell down here. Not our kind old priest. Brother Branham is putting the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the message right in their place. Now this little part in here that looks like the blackboard, that represents his purity. It was black for sure. He was a priest. He was an honorable man. That re represented this. Talking about that white part. You say, that white part, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He was a good man or he couldn't be a priest. But you see how he got it was intellectual learning. God help us. God help us. You will not blossom with intellectual learning. You could read three messages a month. We could have went really deep and said three messages a month. It's not how many messages a month. It's how many messages get into the heart. It's when you read the message. It's when you hear the message. What happens to you in the house of God? What happens to you when you get amongst believers that are, yes, this is like a hospital, but there are people here that can strengthen you, that can, that can be your friends. It should be that way. Listen, brothers and sisters, if we claim to have the Holy Ghost, we ought to be in the presence of the Lord. We ought to have some strength to give somebody else. When we talk about what we were doing last night or listen through the night or Friday night, it shouldn't be I was at this party, I was watching this move, I was doing this thing, and God forbid I'll tell you Thursday night. No, no, there ought to be some strength and encouragement. People are looking to blossom and, and come forth. They need the presence of God. But it's not by intellectual learning. It's by a consecrated life. But this little woman, her first life up here, she was a prostitute. She was all marred up. Once I finish this, we're going to close, but catch this. This woman, she was all marred up. But way down in her here was just a little bit of understanding. I know when the Messiah cometh, see, that was there. There was a seed down there. She was broken. She was in pain. She had all kinds of reasons for an excuse. But Jesus came by her way. The presence of God was in the room. Her, her, her rod was dry and crusty and she was horrible. But Jesus came by her way. There was something way down on the inside. You say, wow. And then you look at the priest, the kind old priest. He's holy. He's good. He does all kinds of good things. And this is what was actually down on the inside of the priest. And these are all poisonous snakes, by the way. Snakes get in people's lives. We're born like this. Shaped in iniquity. Come to the world speaking lies. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the dove of God. Somebody say amen. This church needs a fresh baptism of it. Every day, every day, and that includes Sunday. And Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and Monday night, and whatever. When we gather together, ought to be, God help us not to have a bunch of snakes. You growl at me, I'll growl at you. You roar at me, you shake your finger at me. 
Oh, I'm Brother Branham. Oh, and then my lip starts quivering. Shame on you. She was a Methodist. We ought to be in the message way down the road and have enough discernment better than that. Come on, friends. I'm talking to you right now. These snakes ought not to be the dominating of our families, of our relationships. Ought not to be a bunch of snakes. Here we go. When Jesus came and manifested the word, because the word, he discerned the thoughts of their heart. You can read the scripture in Hebrews 4. He was that son of man, the prophet. What happened? This priest, with only intellectual learning, said, it's a devil. Because that's what his denomination called it. What did it do? He had no representation, so it blacked him out. Who's ever heard the message, Future Home? Was it 20 minutes long? Was it an hour long? Was it two hours long? Was it three hours long? I'm being real to you. I'm giving you just a few minutes of it. This is where the ministry, we've got to bring in messages that are for our people. I'm giving you just a few minutes of a long message. I'm trying to grab some of your young men's hearts, some of your young ladies, a little boy, a little girl, a mother that says, God, I come into church dry and miserable. I've got to have some blossoming, Lord. Where is the fruit? Where is the almonds? Where is the joy, Lord? If it just puts a little start in one of you, just a little spark in some of you, that's what the music's for. That's what the Sunday school is for. That's what our praying's for. That's why Brother Tim Washlegger, he, he was so sensitive to that, to that verse. And he even shared with me the chapter and said, well, what about these couple verses? Should I even choose another one? He was so sensitive. I said, brother, you, you do whatever the Lord leads you to do. Listen, it's not all about the pastor dictating the church. It ought to be where there's life in the body. I got about half of you in agreement right there. It ought to be where we're stopped just spoon feeding everybody. Oh, what's the pastor think? What's the pastor think? No, it's what the Lord Jesus thinks. It's the spirit and the nature of the church is the nature of the Holy Ghost. This Pharisee was X'd out because he didn't have representation. But there was a little woman there. She had nothing to present. She was filthy and dirty. But way down in her, it's because that rod was an almond rod is why it could bring forth almonds. And you are a predestinated seed. I don't care how dry, miserable, horrible. What your neighbor says about you, what everybody else is screaming, what they put on internet, what they talk privately about. There ought to be something in you saying, I'm better than that. I'm bigger than that. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. I'm about ready to blossom. If you can't handle the criticism, maybe you ought to go back to kindergarten. Go back to denominations. Go back to Jehovah, you know, Jehovah Java, where they pass coffee around the church. You want to go to any other church like that? You want to hide in the message and, and be afraid to say, Brother Branham, you picked the wrong church. I'm sorry. We're going to quote him. We're going to live it. We're going to love it. Because it's a messenger for our day. You say, you need to let up on that. No, it's more forward. Let's go on, brother. We need more of this. Way down inside of this lady, she had representation. She was looking for something to be manifested in her life. Go get your husband and come here. She said, sir, I have none. Some of you today, 
in the bushes would have said she's a liar. Because I see how some of you judge situations now. You're, you just say, oh, she's a liar. Pfft. I know better than that. She's lying to Jesus. Be careful. Be careful. You can have a wrong attitude. You can misjudge a situation. You can be looking at something and judge it totally opposite and be acting wrong. That doesn't mean you're not a believer. Just, just repent, say I'm sorry, and let's grow. I said let's grow. Let's come to the capstone. Lay aside all your childness. Lay aside all your foolishness. Rejection comes with this. If you're going to be a believer and make it in the rapture, you're going to be rejected. Stop being such a person that just crawls into your little shell. I, I, I don't like to be rejected, brother. I don't like to be persecuted. I don't like to do things where people, you know, they talk. I just want to be accepted. You're already accepted in the beloved. If you can't handle rejection, maybe it's not for you. I'll say it to anybody. If you want to come to this church, you're going to be rejected. You're going to be cut off. You're going to be slandered. Up until then, you'll be good, wonderful. We love you. You want to make this your church? You're going to be talked about nasty. You're going to be talked and cut off probably. If you can't handle rejection, maybe you need to stay in a place where you, where you just feel more comfortable and it's good. I don't know if I'm, you're not ready. That's fine. That's fine. I'm speaking to all of us. Even some of our young ladies. If you can't handle rejection from the Lord Jesus, from, from, from things of how you ought to dress and how, how you ought to live, then we need to come back to the cross. I like my rock and roll. I like my country music. I like my blues and my jazz. And I like that. But if you can't bring that in the presence of God and have the Holy Spirit like that, we need to really look at our likes and our dislikes and say, where am I getting my appetite from? And we've got to be willing to lay aside things that don't mean so much. You said the truth. You got five, and the one you have now is not yours. You've had five, and that makes six you've had. She said, sir. Let's all say, sir. sir. Not your Beelzebub. The Pharisees were saying, that's Beelzebub. You're nothing but a devil, a prince of the devils. That's what Beelzebub, prince of the devil. The message teachers were saying, that's of the devil. The very thing that they had been trained for, been believing for, had raised young people up for, once they came to manifest that, they X'd it out. They said, that's of the devil. That's horrible. That's bad. Get away from it. They've done the same thing in the message. The very thing we've raised our young people to do, that's to manifest the word and what God's called you to do. Uh, but if it's something different than the older generation, we're going to cut you off. This lady was so broken, she really didn't care. Five husbands, okay, the one I'm living with. I never married him. I'm just, you're right, you're right, sir. 
See, that's a broken and a contrite person. That's somebody that trembles at the word, not stands right up there and says, I'll give you a piece of my mind. I perceive that you are a prophet. And she going on to talk about the Christ. He said, I am he. No more doubt. You didn't have to explain it. You didn't have to explain it. She saw it. She believed it. And away she went. Why? What did it do to her? It redeemed her. Hallelujah. It cut out that old snake. Let me go back there. You say, she's horrible. She's a bad person. Stay away from her. Yep. Until Jesus came by. It cut out that old snake and the Holy Ghost began to move. I've been changed. I've been reborn. God bless you, Brother Billy. Hallelujah. All his life has been rearranged. What a difference the Holy Spirit makes when Brother Billy let him have his way. All his life has been rearranged. Is that right, Sister Debbie? Are you happy today to have a husband that wants to come here? See, I'll drive three hours, and I'll drive back this afternoon if it's one service or if it's a little fellowship. God help us, Lord, today to have the spirit this lady had. Put the Holy Spirit in my heart, Lord. Maybe the rich young ruler, maybe people wrote you off. Maybe things happen. You said, oh, I, I think he's such a good guy, that rich young ruler, such a good guy. Little did they know he was down in hell crying out. Here's a lady, she was in trouble too. But it took that great dove of God to flutter down inside of her heart. What's inside of your heart today as I close? What's inside of your heart? What's down there? What's causing all of this? You are what you are today because of whatever you've been feeding on. Here comes that redeemer. Me bringing her back. He's talking about that priest. He never was up there. He had no representation. He come to redeem that which was fallen in the fall. This got messed up with that girl. But God had her in his thinking before the foundation of the world. And he come to cleanse her. Let's stand this afternoon. God came to cleanse her. Let's stand this afternoon. God claimed to cleanse that young lady, and she walked out of there whole. She walked out of there pure. But this old priest, what did it do to him? It sent him back to his destination. He had nothing to begin, only intellectual learning. Listen, friend, if the only thing you've got is just intellectual learning, you get something different from that. You'll never be able to get it unless you've got representation. Oh, friends, that's why we've come today. God, give us representation in our hearts. Sweep over us today, Lord. I want nothing but the Holy Spirit flying in my life. That dove of God, take away all the snakes. Take away all these things in my life, Lord. Take away the seeds, Lord, of those things that would be wrong. Take away all of this in my life. Burn within me, Lord, as we bow our heads today. As we bow our heads in these snakes and these things that maybe are trying to encroach upon your spiritual life. Why are people so tossed about? The Lord's trying to say, you are a predestinated believer. You've been called to blossom in my presence, in the presence of the Lord. Supernaturally, why don't you come forth today?
Why don't you lay aside all that dryness, all that stinkiness, raging and fussing, fighting. person can be looking right at the prophet and be shaking their fist and talking so nasty. I wonder about today, it's no wonder we have it even today, people will do that to a minister. They'll look right at a godly sister, a godly young lady that's really trying to serve the Lord and put some criticism, some complex on her. Shame on us. We ought to be lifting up our children. We ought to be encouraging our young people. You got odd against somebody, you need to go to them according to the word. We need to humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord. You say, I'd crossed oceans, I'd do whatever it took. Really? Really? I'd cross the ocean, I'd get on a plane, I'd go on a boat. Really? You won't cross over to the other side of the church. You won't cross up over the bench. I really wonder today where we stand in the presence of the Lord. I'm not talking to just children and young people. I'm speaking to elders. I would say this to a minister. I would say, how can you do that to God's people? I'm not into cutting any person out. I think it ought to be the anointing on us to be waving people back to the tree of life. Encouraging somebody, come on back to the well, brother. Come on, sister, come on back. What about all these things? What about all those things I heard or I know? I saw this on a certain website. I saw this on a picture. I saw a video. Shame on you. The prophet saw so much more than you'll ever even know. A little, little fraction of a fraction that you see him handling himself with such character, such dignity, such godly anointing. He would just wait. He would just wait to know how and what to do and how to approach it. I wonder in our little church today who would say, I want to have that kind of an anointing on me. I'm going to lay aside all my feelings, Brother John, my raw emotion, my strong-headed stubbornness. I'm just going to admit it today. I'm just going to ask the Lord. I'm going to be plain. Is it me that's the problem? Am I the person that's causing the dryness in the room, the staleness? You say, then I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. I'm, no, that's not the answer, sister. That's not the answer, brother. We need more of his presence. Just linger in his presence. And watch all that crustiness, all that dryness just begin to leave. All the things that you've bottled up and, and, and you've so brought yourself into such a hardness of heart. And God's saying to you today, don't you want to blossom? Don't you want to bring forth some buds? I know there's some fruit down there. I know there's some almonds. I know there's some goodness. God help us today. I'm giving you a few moments there where you're standing. Don't be thinking of anybody else. Don't be thinking of your spouse or your children or somebody else. Don't be so carnal. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a sad you see. 
It's no wonder they were sad. It's no wonder they were fair, you see. And Brother Branham put them over in hell. That's where a prophet put the snakes is in the heart of people in the message that would have been looking down their nose at this lady that was broken. They wouldn't have had no time for her. I wonder sometimes about our attitudes. And I'm just holding my hands in front of me, just pausing. I wonder what the Lord Jesus thinks about our attitude sometimes and how we're approaching our lives, if it's really godly. I wonder if we're really thinking about our relationships and about our loved ones. I wonder the condition of our hearts today. How are you doing? How am I doing? Are we ready to go in the rapture? Are we just playing games and doing our duty, our Sunday morning duty, Brother John, and then I'm out of here? Help us, Lord. Help us to bring your presence so near to one another that our hearts begin to throb again. Our hearts begin to move again. Bring it back, Lord, into the atmosphere. Bring it back into our being, into our building, into our homes, into our automobiles. Bring back the dove, Lord Jesus. I wonder if some of you could just pause right there where you're at and invite the dove of the Holy Spirit back into your life, back into your heart. I wonder if maybe that's why you're so tossed about. Your mind is whirling, your emotions, your feelings, your body now is coming in line with all of that, and then it becomes a physical thing. God, help us and restore and heal. Confirm your word with signs following. I'm asking you this afternoon to breeze across our little church, Lord, privately and publicly. Do your work, Lord Jesus. I feel like taking the hand of the congregation and just standing in your presence and let you breathe on us for a little bit. Put your love down into my heart. Put your forgiveness down there, Lord. Bring faith back. Bring virtue back. Bring brotherly kindness back. Bring perfect love back to our hearts. Let us forgive as we ought to forgive. I don't know about you, but Wednesday night, Brother Steve Clark had a wonderful example as he closed the service of that lady that was being held as a prisoner. Ashamed, embarrassed, and these men were jeering and saying things sexually and saying things. They wanted her body and they wanted her virtues. And this man that had sold a property and sold it for a high value began to hear all this and saw all the looks and all the slander and all the sight, and he knew what they wanted. And the end of the story is he gave up everything. And as he's writing the paper for her release, you can be free. She thought that it was for the wrong reason and for the wrong motive, and she screamed out at him and threw, and just I think her hands hit him, hit him maybe on the face, Brother Steve. He just kept writing, I forgive you. You are free. When I walk down this street, 
You don't owe me nothing. And I've given you everything. But I just didn't want you to be lost. Like these men would have mistreated you. And he turned and he walked down the street. And they begin to unshackle her. And say, you can go. Go where? You're free. Let the dove of God catch us, Lord. Bring us to an altar. Bring us to a place where we sit down in our chairs. We put our hands in our head. We begin to cry and weep and say, God, I need that reality in my life. Give us that kind of an anointing. Give our church that kind of an anointing. Give our ministers and every person that stands behind this pulpit that kind of an anointing to speak to the heart of the people. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you today to go with every single life, Lord. May there not be one person that is lost here. Don't let one of the persons that's come into this building be lost. Or even someone that never entered this building but have said things or done things. We forgive them. They didn't understand. They didn't know the big picture. Somebody that streamed or someone that heard or someone that saw. And if we are guilty of being out of order ourselves, would you forgive us, Lord? Give us the right attitude. Give us the right spirit this afternoon as we go away and we come back, Lord, some of us at 5 o'clock to hear precious words that would proceed again from your mouth. What is the anointing? What do we need to make it in the rapture? How can we know for surely that we have the Holy Ghost? Maybe it's just six minutes. Maybe only six minutes of the service was for somebody. Sister Bruce, somewhere. To let her know that the Lord is already in her life. And she doesn't need to be worried about that heart condition and she's nervous and all upset that God has started a good work in her and he's going to finish her. Just go on rejoicing. Go on and be happy. God forgive us if we walked out of that little service and we said something about that brother that was screaming and yelling and song leading or singing a special. I don't think Sister Bruce really cared about the, how loud that brother was singing. She got what she needed. It was the word from the Lord, and she began to weep and say, Thank you, yes, 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 Lord. I can go now and hear the message masterpiece and say, All is well. Lord, maybe we're going to end this service a little bit differently. Maybe we're going to sing a song and go out like they did in the book of Acts. Bless every single person, Lord. This afternoon, talk to them along the road. May the Spirit of God and the, the white dove flutter down within their lives and their families and the situation before it's too late. Before the bloodline is over and they've crossed the red line. And people are going into a tribulation. Help us, Lord Jesus. May not one person here today, under the sound of my voice, go into the great tribulation. But may they be saved. May they be filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord. 
May they be healed of any infirmity. May the Spirit of God deliver them of childhood vices and things that have happened in their youth. And forgive us of the sins of our youth. And take us into this capstone, headstone revelation, the third pool. Don't let us be tossed about by the winds of everything that comes along the road. Go with us, Lord, this afternoon. Bring us back, Lord, and those that have to go home or those that will not be here. Bless them, I pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, bless your people locally, all throughout Whatcom County, throughout British Columbia, Canada, and throughout global today. May there be a great move of the Holy Spirit like never before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sing it, Brother Solomon. Amen.